What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Lost Lifting Talk. Today's episode is going to be chuck full of a lot of practical advice for a lot of you that are going through fat loss phases at the moment. So if you're familiar with this podcast, you know by now, hopefully if you listen to a few episodes, that in order to be able to create fat loss inside of your diet, you have to be inside of a caloric deficit. So regardless of what foods you're eating, what the foods are made up of, if it's carbs, proteins, fats, if it's sugary, if it's processed, if it's healthier, if it's not... You have to be inside of a caloric deficit in order to lose fat, regardless of the food choice. You have to be expending more energy every single day in the form of calories than you're consuming in calories. That's how weight loss happens. It doesn't come from particular food sources or doing a lot of exercise. It all comes down to being inside of a caloric deficit for you and your body. So first and foremost, you have to know how many calories your body is burning and you have to be eating less than that every single day. If that's something that you're looking for help with, you can always download the macro starter kit. It's a free resource that I have that teaches you where to start with your calories, where to start with your protein to put yourself into a caloric deficit to be able to start your journey on your own. So that's always linked down below. You can start there to get that information. But what we're going to talk about today is how to make a caloric deficit easier for you. This is the hard part is it's not hard to get the information that you need to have to be able to produce the results that you want with your body composition. What's hard is sticking to it, the consistency factor to it, the habit building, the making the correct choices to make the caloric deficit easier and the pre-planning and individualizing it to your life so that it's easier for you to be able to stick to. Because with a caloric deficit comes some hunger, comes with a little bit of inconvenience. You're not always fully satisfied. You don't get to eat just tons of junk and all these different things. And you have to track your food intake, especially if you're a beginner at it and you're new to it, you have to track your food intake. So there's some inconvenience that comes from it. But with that, you can still include all the foods that you want to regular foods. You just need to make sure you're eating a sufficient amount of protein. And so it's getting out of the mindset of going on fad diets, like a keto diet or paleo, these different types of diets that use a method to particularly get you to the principle of staying in a caloric deficit. Once you understand that all these fad diets just create a caloric deficit to be able to lose weight, well, then you understand the principle instead of using the method of those diets and you can individualize the diet to you. So with that, today we're going to talk about 10 hacks, if you will, that will make a caloric deficit easier. These are really just practical tips and advice that you might not be thinking about if you're having a hard time staying consistent and all these different things. I think that this episode is really going to help you walk away with some real things that you can implement into your diet to make it easier to be able to stick to, which is ultimately going to help you be able to reach your goal in the long run. So hopefully that all makes sense. Like usual, this first episode of the week does have a blog post that goes along with it. So if you want to read along to the blog or after you read it, just have like a resource that's all written so you don't always have to go back and listen to this episode to implement some of these things. There is a blog attached. It will be linked down below as well. You can click on it and it'll take you right to the blog source that's on our website. So I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Let's hop into these 10 simple tips to be able to help you make a caloric deficit easier. All right, number one on this list is Plan your meals around the times of day you're most hungry and have cravings. I ran into this one with a client just this last week, actually. So when we started working together, he explained to me that he never really ate breakfast before. Um, He doesn't really have an appetite in the mornings. And so 
he would regularly push his meals back. But so once I got him on his plan, we started setting up his caloric intake, um, his food guide, his his individual's guideline that I give to him and everything, setting up his calories, showing him his protein, showing him the types of foods to be able to eat inside of that plan to be able to hit his goals that he has for himself. He started going at it and started realizing that he's overeating at nighttime. And so when I went back and looked through his nutrition plan and through his food logs when he was eating, he was now eating a decently sized breakfast and nighttime he was ended up getting hungry. Before we were working together, he really wasn't eating breakfast because he wasn't hungry in that time. We would save those calories for later in the day. But he thought that now that he's trying to eat healthy and lose fat that he needs to add this breakfast in because breakfast is healthy. And that's the wrong way to look at it. If you don't enjoy eating breakfast, then by all means, skip that first meal. Make it work. Make the meals work inside of your lifestyle and the times that you're hungry and when you have cravings and eat during those times to suffice those hunger cues and the cravings that you're having and just fill your calories with him like for him. So what we did after I realized what he was doing because he had this misconception that he needed to eat more healthy and include breakfast. There's nothing healthy or good about breakfast. It's just calories at the end of the day. It's calories in, calories out and finding a way for you to be consistent with that. And so what we did was we took away that breakfast again, just had him drink a coffee in the morning, which is zero calorie. It's got a little bit of caffeine. It stunts his hunger in the mornings. And we moved the calories he was eating then till after dinner. So we could have some sort of treat like Halo Top or some popcorn something with, or some Greek yogurt or something a little bit sweeter so that to curve that craving that he's having at nighttime. And now he's able to stay within his calories every single day and he's actually producing the result that he wants to produce. So I feel like a lot of people when they decide that they're going to start eating healthier or trying to lose fat that they think they need to eat like four or five meals a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks in between. That's not how it has to be at all. Make it work into your life and the times that you like to eat and stick to that. Like for me personally, I'm not a huge breakfast guy either. So what I like to do is my first meal is around 11 or noon in the afternoon. And then from there, I go to, I'll eat lunch around like three, I'll have dinner around 7.30, and then I still have some calories left over for a decent sized snack after dinner, if that's um, a little bit like low-fat ice cream, um, like a protein smoothie or some popcorn or something, and that keeps me satiated so that when I go to bed, I don't feel, feel hungry. There's other people that might be opposite than that. They're not as hungry at nighttime, so they, they have a big breakfast. So by all means, have a bigger breakfast, um, a decent-sized lunch, and a smaller dinner, and then repeat that, that cycle. It's not about when you're eating. It's about how much you're eating and how consistent you're being inside of your nutrition and hitting your numbers every single day to produce the result that you want. So don't get so caught up in thinking that you have to eat at particular times to be the most healthy and create the results. Make the times work for you and just stay consistent with your numbers and you'll be able to see far better progress and stick with it over the long haul. All right, the second one is include high volume, low calorie foods every day to avoid hunger and binges. So understanding that calories are king, calories have to be intact for you to be able to produce fat loss. That doesn't mean that you should just go eat a bunch of junk every single day to fill those calories because what you're going to find is that you're not going to get full from high calorie, lower volume types of food like candy bars and chips and just different things like that that might taste good. They don't actually fill you up. They, they taste good so they can curb that craving, but they don't ultimately fill you up. So making sure that every day you're including high volume, low calorie foods, which are generally more healthy foods like veggies and fruits and some different types of snacks and different things is going to help you be able to stay fuller for a longer amount of time. It's, it's not rocket science. Knowing that 
the more food you can put into your stomach, the fuller you're going to feel. So it's going to last you longer going to that next meal so that you don't get hungry and hungry, especially when you're in a caloric deficit. Adding in, um, there's a, so Jordan Syatt, another coach in this space, a really good coach, nutrition coach, talks about having one big ass salad every single day. He means like with a bunch of veggies, a bunch of lean meat, something really big to fill up your stomach for a minimal amount of calories. Because if you think about like broccoli, cauliflower, spinach, lettuce, chicken and like a low fat cheese or something, a low fat dressing, you can have a big bowl of that for a minimum amount of calories. And it's going to keep you super full and saturated for a longer period of time to get you to that next meal. You should be including foods like that every single day. I've known I've talked about, um, low calorie popcorn before hundred calorie bags of popcorn. I eat those a lot of nights after dinner to stay full, to go to bed feeling satisfied because I can eat like a whole movie size bowl for only for I'll do two bags of it for 200 calories fits into my numbers fills me up really good and I stay satisfied so it doesn't make me want to overeat because I'm already super full from these lower calorie higher volume foods now sometimes that means you're not going to be able to choose the foods that taste the absolute best but sometimes you have to be smart with your approach and make sure you're satisfying your hunger levels before you're satisfying your craving levels now there's some there's a um, balance there, obviously. You want to be able to do both. But first, you need to make sure you're eating high-volume, low-calorie foods every day to keep your stomach full to avoid massive overeatings in the long run. That doesn't mean you can't inv- enjoy a little bit of fun foods like candy bars or, or some ice cream, different things that you enjoy that's not necessarily going to fill you up, but it tastes good. Those can be included. Just make sure you're being responsible, including a lot of high volume, low calorie foods to stay full so you can stick the, the diet out for the long call and not always be hungry. Number three, I've talked about a lot in most episodes, honestly, and it's simple. It's include protein in every meal to slow down digestion. Hopefully by this point, you've heard me talk about it takes the longest for your body to break down and digest protein. So what that does when you eat it, it actually makes you fuller for a longer period of time because it takes longer for you to digest. So including a good amount of protein in your diet and preferably eating protein in every single one of your meals to help with satiation, satiety. I don't know if satiation is a word. I think it's satiety. Could be both. I'm not sure. But yeah, so including protein in every single meal. Ideally, you'd be eating protein very first too because if you think about it, if you'll eat your your serving of protein before you eat like your carb source or your veggie source or your fat source, whatever it may be, you're going to be absorbing that first. So it's going to take longer to break down that protein, which is going to slow down the entire digestion process of the entire meal, which is just going to help you feel satisfied for a longer period of time. The whole key to a diet, you want to feel full, right? Because that's what's going to help you from overeating. So protein is a major key for that. And not even to mention proteins, what's going to help you hold on to the lean tissue that you have is going to help you potentially build more lean tissue. If you're resistance training, which I'd highly suggest that you are resistance training, if you're in a caloric deficit to hold on to your lean tissue, but protein is going to help with that too. Those two things go hand in hand. So enough protein is going to help with slow down your digestion. It's going to help you hold on to lean mass. It's going to help you potentially build more lean mass so that you can create that tone defined or athletic type look that you're looking to create throughout your caloric deficit. Number four is another easily practical one that gets missed a lot by people and that's include fiber in most of your meals so what fiber does is slows down the digestion process as well because your body doesn't actually digest fiber it slows down the whole process it helps you be able to poop so that you're more regular so that you don't have like you don't have diarrhea or things don't digest too fastly and don't get absorbed 
Fiber helps you absorb your foods. Plus, it slows down the digestion process as well, which is going to help you stay fuller for a longer period of time. Typically, inside of a diet, you're going to be want to eat be eating anywhere between 10 to 15 grams of fiber per every 1,000 calories. Now, you don't want to go too crazy with this and eat too much fiber. If you start eating like 25, 30 grams of fiber per every 1,000 calories, that can really back you up and constipate you and make you overly bloated and full. So there's a sweet spot to this where you want to be eating somewhere between 10 to 15 grams per every 1,000 calories. And fiber is found in most of your healthy foods that you should be incorporating into your diet anyway. So things like broccoli, spinach, yams, sweet potatoes, whole grains, black beans, blackberries, raspberries, popcorn, and there's more and more. You can even get protein bars and like little snack bars that are heavy in fiber as well that can help you get that intake up. So it's going to help with your digestion. It's going to slow down the digestion process, which is going to help you stay fuller for a longer period of time. I would just advise that you're not overly using fiber because it'll make you feel sick. It'll bloat you really bad. It could even slow your digestion. It'll constipate you, slow your digestion down too far to where it becomes uncomfortable. So make sure in that sweet spot, you don't want to be eating not enough of it and you don't want to be eating too much of it. Again, somewhere between 10 to 15 grams per thousand calories is somewhere around there is going to be your sweet spot for, for your fiber intake. But don't neglect it. As long as you're a lot of your greens are going to have fiber and a lot of the healthier foods are going to have fiber in them that are already lower calorie to slow down to the digestion to help you feel full for longer. But if you're feeling hungry all the time, pay attention to that. Look at your your tracking, see if you're hitting those fiber recommendations to, and if you're not, then you know you can start there to help feeling full, feel full for a longer period of time to help you stay more consistent inside of your caloric numbers that you have set for yourself to be able to make the progress that you want to make. A lot of times, it'll come down to looking at things like that before it comes down to actually making adjustments to your calories. Eating your calories in a smart way by including enough protein and including enough fiber is going to help out immensely when it comes to your hunger levels, your digestion levels. Um, all these things are going to help you be able to stay more adherent to what you're doing because you're going to be able to feel fuller for a longer amount of time to be able to make the progress that you're wanting to make inside of that caloric deficit. All right, moving right along to number five, and it is utilize caffeine and diet soda strategically. So caffeine is a stimulant that can actually suppress your appetite. Now, this doesn't mean you should go using a bunch of caffeine all day, every day just to suppress your appetite because that's... not healthy for your heart or for just yourself in general. If you're on a stimulant like that, it's not going to allow you to be able to recover or or let go some of your fatigue because that added stimulant's a little bit of a stressor to you as well. So you don't always want to be stimmed on caffeine. But with that said, utilizing it in times where you're going to be hungry, you know you're hungry and it's not really time to eat yet, or like you're trying to skip breakfast to save calories for later on in the day or different things like that, having some caffeine to suppress your appetite isn't a, a bad thing to do at all. I honestly do it in the afternoon. So about two o'clock after lunch, I'll have a little bit of caffeine because I know I want to wait until dinner to eat and I might get a little bit snacky in that time period. And so it helps suppress my appetite moving into that last meal. I'll use like a zero calorie monster, maybe sometimes a coffee, things like that to help suppress my appetite and give me some energy to be able to focus in on whatever I'm doing so that I'm not as food focused. This one can help out immensely. I, I would The only things that I would recommend with it and pay attention to is the amounts of caffeine that you're eating. So you don't want to be going too overboard. So if you're more of an experienced caffeine user, I'd still 
Be cautious of not going over 300 to 400 milligrams of caffeine per day. And if you're brand new to caffeine and haven't utilized it, I would say somewhere between 100 to 200 milligrams of caffeine per day as well. And then as you're hitting that higher range, um, your body gets used to caffeine, so it doesn't work as well as it, it once did. So coming off of it, cycling off of it for a little bit of time and then coming back onto it is probably a smart approach to take just so that you don't get so used to it and accustomed to it that it doesn't have the same effects on you that it once had. So, And then making sure that you're not consuming it past like three or four in the afternoon just because you don't want it to affect your sleep. You can actually probably fall asleep when you have caffeine in your system, but you're not going to be able to get the same quality of sleep that you could if it wasn't in your system because it's still giving you energy and stimulating your body so that you're not able to to fully rest. And that's why people, a lot of people who will fall asleep who drink a ton of caffeine never feel fully rested because they're still stimmed on that caffeine and their body can't fully come down from it and just go into an all out rest while they're sleeping and then they wake up not feeling fully energized and, and feel like they're not getting the sleep that they need. So be cautious with that. I wouldn't be be drinking caffeine anywhere from like six to eight hours before you go to sleep at night just to help with that as well. And then for diet soda, we talked we touched on caffeine, but diet soda, using like caffeine free diet sodas at night can be extremely helpful. That little bit of fizz to put in your stomach to help you feel fuller, the sweetness of a diet soda can be extremely beneficial. A lot of the times I talk to you about like I'll use a I'll eat popcorn at night. I'll drink that with like a zero calorie orange soda. Those are my favorite. They taste I really, really enjoy them. It gives me a little bit of that sweetness. That fizz helps up helps fill up my stomach a little bit more as well. So that I can go to bed feeling full. And the diet soda gives me a little bit of that sweet to curb my cravings and different things like that. So utilizing a little bit of diet soda and some caffeine around times that you're going to be hungry or before going to bed to fill up your stomach and satisfy those sweet tooths can really help and stop you from overeating in certain situations. All right, we are moving right along. I feel like I'm on the ball today. It's nice when I can just let it flow and it just comes out how I want it to come out. <laughs> Number six, have go-to staple meals that are consistent each day. So a lot of people think that you need a bunch of variety in your meals and you always need to be eating different things and this and that. But when it comes down to the end of the day, you've got to be consistent. I've already said this a few times now, but you've got to be consistent with your numbers. An easy way to be consistent with your calories is to include a lot of the same foods every single day. Now that doesn't mean you have to eat the same things over and over and over and eventually get sick of them, but have a few staple meals that are relatively healthy. They're high in protein. They have a decent amount of fiber. They're a little bit lower in calories so that they're filling you up. They're not taking a bunch of your calorie budget for the day and they're just constants. They're always there. For me, that's ground beef, vegetable medley, I think is what it's called. That has broccoli, carrots, and cauliflower in it with some rice and then a little bit of taco sauce, maybe like some mozzarella cheese on top of it. I, If you guys follow me on Instagram, you've seen on my stories that I post that all the time and I hashtag it daily driver. The reason that I do that is because I eat that meal probably six times per week. And the reason that I do that is because it's consistent and it checks off all those boxes for me so that I can rely on it. It's not that like every night I come home from work, I'm worrying about what I'm going to eat to be able to hit my numbers. I already know what I'm going to have and I already know that it's basically going to fit inside of my numbers so that I don't have to stress about it. I can just plug and play. And that's that's a huge thing. If, if you want to do that with more than just um, one to two of your meals every day, honestly, like my... My weekdays, my weekends are where I'll get a little bit more flexible and we'll go out to eat and do different things, but my weekdays are awfully consistent. The morning is like a protein bar of some sort that's super easy. The afternoon is usually a couple turkey sandwiches, just deli meat with some bread and cheese and a little bit of lettuce, and at nighttime it's ground beef and vegetables 
and um, rice. And then around like pre-workout, it's maybe like some sort of fruit. And then after dinner, it's maybe like another some Greek yogurt or some popcorn or a little bit of Halo Top. And it's consistent with those things most days so that I don't have to guess. If you're a busy person or you're stressed and you're not sure what to eat, just find the foods that you enjoy, figure out the portions that you need to eat in those or to hit your calories every single day and just stay consistent with them. And then if there's times where you're going out to eat or you get sick of it, then you can substitute things in and out. But don't think that you have to be eating just because you're counting calories. You can eat whatever you want, that you should just be free flowing and finding different stuff to eat all the time. If you'll get consistent with a few meals that you know help fill you up, you know that they taste good and they're easy to make, just stay consistent with those things and just rinse and repeat so that you're hitting those numbers every single day and you stay consistent with that and you're going to start making progress. It takes away the stress of having to think. It's almost like meal prepping without actually actually meal prepping. I don't enjoy meal prepping myself. I'm not going to spend a whole Sunday cooking a bunch of food and then eat it out of Tupperware. It kind of grosses me out. I don't like the thought of my food being sitting in a fridge all week and then warming it up in a microwave. I'd rather cook it fresh. So it's kind of like meal prep. I know what I'm going to eat. It's in the back of my head. I just cook it when I get around to it and it's quick, easy sources of things to cook so that it's not taking all day. And I'm not having to think too much about what I'm eating to be able to hit my numbers and keep my stress down and just stay consistent with it day in and day out. And then, like I said, on the weekends is when I'll be a little bit more flexible. Me and my wife might go out for dinner one night. We might take the baby out like for fun or something and grab something quick. And we'll do that sort of thing. Um, on the weekends where I have to plug in or be a little bit more flexible and, and work my day out a, a little bit more strategically. But during the week, like I said, it's just plug and play. It's the same things over and over just so that I don't have to think about it. And it takes away that that thought process of, of the whole food situation. And I can just go at it day in and day out and stay consistent, which actually leads me right into number seven, which is have go-to restaurants that are consistent each week last month. So just because you're dieting and trying to lose fat and you're inside of a caloric deficit does not mean that you can't eat out. At the same time, it's probably not smart to eat out constantly and always be going to new restaurants and trying different things all the time either because that's going to cause a lot of variability inside of your tracking to where you probably won't be quite as accurate and can mess up your results in the long run if you're not being accurate with the numbers that you're tracking. And so having a free a few restaurants that you enjoy that you know you can get because <clears throat> I got something in my throat. But having restaurants, like I was saying, that you can go to that you enjoy, that have easy meals that are easy to track and you know you can fit into your numbers and taste good, and just using those same restaurants over and over. Like, again, I'll use myself for an example. <clears throat> for me and my wife, we do a lot of Cafe Rio and Costa Vida. You can get salads there for like 500 calories, high protein, decent carb, pretty low fat, super convenient. We do a lot of Subway, easy there too. The serving sizes are always really consistent. It's just the meat, the cheese, and the veggies on top with like a low-calorie type sauce. Or else we'll do Chipotle. Again, it's just rice, meat, and like some veggies and different salsas and stuff on top. So super easy to track. When we go out to eat, if we're grabbing something fast, it's one of those same places every single time. If it's Costa Vida or Cafe Rio, some sort of like a grilled chicken salad, I'll, instead of getting like a ranch, I'll get like a little bit of like their taco sauce to put on top of it. If it's Chipotle, it's just chicken and steak and rice and some salsa on top of that. If it's Subway, it's like a, a club sandwich, turkey, roast beef, and ham with some veggies and like a low-calorie sauce, Subway vinaigrette, vinaigrette on that. And so it just works. We fit it into our lives to where we're not going to like all these different types of restaurants that aren't in my fitness pal and different things that 
are super hard to track. Now, if we're going out with family and different things, that could happen. You, you're not always in a situation that you can control. But if you want to go out just because you're sick of cooking at home, you absolutely can. Just make smart choices when you're out. Go to places that are easy. Chick-fil-A is super easy. You do firehouse subs, Chipotle. Like there's all sorts of different places that you can go that are readily available in my fitness pal that are relatively high in protein, not too crazy in calories to be able to fit into your day. You can 100% do that. But my suggestion would be just to stay consistent with the places that you're going and get consistently the same things at those places while you're inside of the caloric deficit, at least just to keep the variability of tracking so that your numbers aren't so fluctuated and the variability inside those numbers is what I'm trying to say isn't so high. So it's relatively consistent each time. And if you're going to the same places every week or every month, whatever it may be, you can do that and make consistent progress. When I was living in Logan, which is a town like 30 miles south of my little hometown that I live in now, and I would be dieting, I would eat Coach DeVita every single day for lunch. That variable never really changed. It was always a grilled chicken salad with black beans, rice, little bit of salsa, some guacamole, and then I guess get like a 45 calorie taco sauce to drizzle over the top without the tortilla. And I'd eat that every single day for lunch. And I was able to get leaner than I've ever been in my entire life eating out every single day. But I just kept it pretty consistent, pretty routine with the same thing every time that I go. And there was no big deal to it. I knew it would fit into my numbers and I could just make it work for me. There was no stress to it and things like that. So Find a few places that you like to go and consistently use those places in your diet instead of always trying to switch it up and find new things to eat when you're inside of that deficit so that you can create the most consistency and you're not giving up your social life completely. You're still able to go out. If you're going out with your husband, wife, or significant other, or friends, whatever it may be, you can still have a little bit of that social aspect to everything, but you just have to kind of limit your choices of where you're going and making sure it's places that fit into your numbers and it's food that you enjoy to eat at the same time. So find the restaurants that you enjoy and stick with those restaurants throughout the entire process. All right, moving into... All right, moving on to number eight, and it is start looking at your food as worth it versus not worth it instead of good versus bad. So for a long time, there's been a stigma around food that that's either, oh, that's bad food, I can't have that, or this is good food, this is what I should eat. Now that you understand it comes down to a caloric deficit at the end of the day, you can include all foods. But like I've mentioned previously, that doesn't mean that you should always be eating whatever you want and stay in a deficit because over time, that's not going to be sustainable Hunger levels are going to rise. It's going to get super hard to stick to what you're doing because you're always eating these high calorie, low volume foods that aren't going to fill you up. Now, you can absolutely incorporate those. But when you look at food as worth it versus not worth it instead of good versus bad, it kind of creates this balance for you. So if it's early in the day, you're quite hungry, it probably doesn't make sense to eat a Snickers bar. That Snickers bar is not going to fill you up regardless of what those commercials say. (laughs) A Snickers bar is not going to fill you up. So instead of choosing a Snickers bar, for let's say 250 calories, well, maybe you have a salad with some lean meat and veggies and a low calorie dressing for 250 calories. Which one's going to be worth it versus not worth it if you're hungry? Obviously, the salad's going to fill you up more because there's more volume to that. So that is the thing that makes the most sense in that case. Now, at the end of the day, you could eat the Snickers bar or the salad. If they match in calories, that's what matters. That's what's going to produce the result. They'll both get you to where you want to go but the salad is going to be much more sustainable in the long term. So making smart choices throughout the day, the 80-20 rule, making 80% of your food choices, smart food choices, high in protein, high in fiber, lower calorie, higher in volume to help fill you up, and then filling the remainder, the remaining 20% of your diet 
with the more fun foods at the points where it's worth it, where you've already hit your protein goals, you've got in a decent amount of fiber, you've got in your micronutrients. Now we can start playing with foods. You're already pretty satisfied for the day. Now you can start playing with foods that taste good or going to satisfy those cravings. So if you want like, if you do want a candy bar, if you do want some ice cream or whatever it may be, we can add some of that in at the end of the day to help with our craving side of things and not necessarily the hunger and the importance of the healthy foods that we need to get in our micronutrients, our proteins, and our fiber. We can eat those fun foods, but we're not doing it at the expense of our hunger levels. And it's super important to understand it in that sense. Yes, you can eat whatever you want. As long as you're staying within that caloric deficit, you're going to make progress. But to make that caloric deficit last and sustainable for the long term so that you can actually get to the result you're trying to get and in a, in a more in a way that's more feasible, you've got to be smart with your food choices. So including some of the foods that are good for you mentally, but making sure the majority of the foods that you're eating are good for you physically is first and foremost. So don't be done with that. Don't just go eat whatever you want, but at the same time, don't think that that anything's good versus bad. Just be smart. Don't eat like a child is basically what it comes down to. Get the foods in that you need and then fill the rest in with the foods in that you want. All right, number nine is have a start and end date to the deficit. So this is somewhere where people go wrong too. If you don't have a light at the end of the tunnel, it's going to make you give up. Because like I've said, a deficit is hard. You don't want to eat low calorie forever. It's not good for you physically, your hormones, your metabolism to eat like that way forever. So give yourself timelines. You don't need to lose. If you have 50 pounds to lose, you don't need to lose it all in one stretch. Go in phases. Give yourself 12 weeks to go through a deficit. Stay in that deficit for 12 weeks and know at the end of the 12 weeks, you're going to work back up to a maintenance level to where you're not going to be as hungry. You're going to feel better. You're not going to be as food focused and give yourself a break for a little while. Maybe you lose 15 to 25 pounds in that 12 weeks. Give yourself a four week break to come back up to a maintenance, learn to maintain that new weight that you have gotten to the result that you've gotten. And then go back into a deficit again to get the rest of it off. Instead of looking at it as one long shot to where you can't really see that light at the end of the tunnel, you're getting hungry, it's getting hard, you can get to a point where you just say, screw this and yo-yo back and start eating crap and just kind of go on an all-out binge or rebellion because you think it's too hard. Give yourself timelines. Give yourself 12 weeks to go at it really hard. Give yourself a slight break in between four to eight weeks, then another 12 weeks. It's not about how fast you can get the result. When you start to realize that, this is a long-term play and the deficit is going to be hard. It's not easy to stay in that deficit for a long linear duration. Going in and out of the deficit and starting to periodize your nutrition where you're including maintenance phases, you're including deficit phases, and you're working your metabolism and hormones back up through reverse dieting after the deficit phases and sitting at maintenance to let that recover and then going back in to get the best results that you can you're going to find it far more far more sustainable. What people do is, and they get deceived by, is thinking that when they go into a deficit, that they're going to have to eat like that for the rest of their lives to be healthy or maintain the result that they've got, when that's not the case at all. What you need to understand is you can maintain that at a higher number of calories. Now, it's going to take a little bit of strategy to maintain your results that you've gotten a higher number of calories, but that's what you should ultimately be striving for. It takes a reverse diet, and I'm going to make a... Um, an episode on reverse dieting here shortly, but just understand there needs to be a start and an end date to the deficit. And then there needs to be a plan for after the deficit to get back to a maintenance level so that you're not like feeling like you're treading in water and not getting anywhere because you're working really hard and you're not getting to where you're trying to get because you're, it's such a long duration of where you're trying to get. So breaking it up into smaller chunks into like 12 week blocks, 
24 week blocks there's different ways to do it i work a lot of the people i work with if they have like 30 40 50 pounds to lose will go like a 12 to 24 week block take maybe like a four to 12 week block off, come back up to a maintenance and go back into the next block, like another 12 to 24 week block to lose a total of anywhere from 40, 50, 60 pounds in that amount of time. And then they're learning how to maintain that result as well as they can see the light at the end of the tunnel within each deficit. As it starts to get hard, they realize this isn't going to last forever. They're not going to feel hungry like this forever. We're going to work things back up over time. It keeps you more motivated to stick in it and to stick it out to be able to get the result that you're wanting to get because you're going to realize it's not going to have to be that bad to maintain that result. Just to get there is going to be hard, but we can work things back up afterwards to learn to maintain that result. So have a start and an end date. That's hard because you just think, I'm just going to go until I get to my goal. But a lot of the times if you're doing it in that sense, you're going to get going so far. And like I mentioned, you're going to end up just treading water and feeling like you're not really getting anywhere. You might ultimately end up quitting and going back to eating like you were before, put all the weight back on and the whole thing didn't work out for you the way that you wanted. So have a start date, have an end date, stick to that, learn to periodize your diet over time. Again, I'm going to make it a complete episode on this shortly and you're going to be able to create results that are sustainable and results that you can stick with for the long term so that you're not ending up in these yo-yo phases and different things where you're on the diet, off the diet, weights high, weights low and these different things that happen and frustrate us all so much. All right. And number 10, the last one is include scheduled refeeds throughout the deficit. So we talked about having a start date and an end date to the deficit anywhere from a 12 to 24 week period. Generally from here inside of the deficit, you can schedule maintenance phases. Also, a lot of people will call these cheat days, but when you go on a cheat day and go full blown on calories and end up in a surplus Inside of your deficit, you're going to ultimately end up plateauing and not making the progress that you want to because your calories don't match up with your body's energy expenditure, which can be bad. So I would recommend if you're looking to make the best progress that you can is including refeeds. Now, all a refeed is is just coming back up to a maintenance when you're inside of the, the deficit for a given amount of time. So let's say you're going, you've been in a deficit, you've lost 10 pounds and you're going on a vacation with your family. So instead of saying, I'm going to try and and stick to my diet, stick to my low calories throughout this vacation, which probably isn't super realistic for a lot of people. You go on vacation, you kind of want to let your hair down, you want to relax a little bit. Well, how about I include a refeed during that time instead to where I bring calories back up to a maintenance? So if you'll understand that somewhere probably, if you're losing around like one to two pounds per week, you're probably anywhere from four to six, seven, 800 calories in a deficit. So what you could do is bring calories up to probably just slightly below a maintenance. Generally, I would recommend somewhere like bring calories up like 500, maybe 600 calories for the given amount of time that you're on your vacation so that you're at a maintenance. When you're at a maintenance, you can't gain fat. You're not going to lose fat, but you're not going to gain fat either. You're just going to maintain the current body composition that you have. So Adding these types of refeeds in around times when you're vacationing or just on like every other weekend. Let's say like you have a hard time sticking to the deficit consistently all the time. Like you don't want to just stick in it linearly because you get hungry. You start getting more food focused. Adding these refeeds in can help keep your metabolism from adapting too much. It can help mentally um, because you know you have something to look forward to with a couple day refeed coming up at some point. There's a bunch of different ways that you can incorporate these and it just depends on the client that you're working with. So like for me, for example, I'm working with a client right now that on the weekends, she has a super hard time sticking to her diet on the weekend. She can't she always ends up going over on her calories every weekend, which ends up, she beats herself up for it mentally. She thinks she can't stick to it. So 
we sat down and had a conversation together just last week. And what we talked about was dropping her calories a little bit more on the weekdays to have her eat a little bit more calories on the weekends. So at the moment, what her, what her diet is going to look like is we're going to eat 14 to 1500 calories Monday through Friday. Then on Saturdays and Sundays, we're going to schedule her for 19 to 2000 calories every Saturday and Sunday. She's still going to be inside of a caloric deficit overall because she's in a big enough deficit on the weekdays that she'll, and she'll be up to a maintenance on the weekends. That progress might be a little bit slower, but if she can stay more consistent in this fashion, she's ultimately going to be able to make better progress than she would. And so if you're the type of person you need these every single weekend, you can do that. A lot of the times progress will be a little bit too slow for people though. So you could include these um, like every other weekend, or you could just do them monthly. Typically with the clients that I work with, I like to do them monthly if I can, unless I have somebody that um, has a hard time sticking to their diet just because they get too food focused and too hungry. Then we'll do look at doing like every weekend or biweekly, but generally I like to add like a, a four to five day diet break refeed in during like once a month so that you have a few days to to eat a little bit more food whether you're on vacation go on dates with your significant other hang out with friends whatever it may be so adding these in can just help keep you motivated to stay in the deficit because you have something in the short term to look forward to when you're going to be able to eat a little bit more food and come out of that deficit and not not have to be so food focused when you're inside of it for that given amount of time so hopefully that makes sense you can have these higher calorie days it doesn't mean you want to go all out and just completely binge and cheat but coming back up to closer to a maintenance somewhere between four six seven hundred calories depending on how deep that maintenance is you can do that and get away with it and still make amazing progress throughout your time with those scheduled higher calorie days within and still make the progress that you're looking to make that was the last tip that I have for you guys today. Like I said, this whole episode is linked down below in a blog version. So if you want to go down and look through that, or if you just want to have that for future reference, so you don't have to come back and listen to me spill it all out again on the podcast, there is that blog version below. You can go down there, read through it. I think that that will help you as well. So again, if you need help getting your macros set up, your calories, your protein goals, all that kind of stuff, I do have the macro starter kit. It's linked down below. That will really help you be able to get started in this concept of putting yourself into a caloric deficit if your goal is fat loss. So I really do hope this helped you. I do appreciate you guys for listening. Like I always mention, if you feel like you got a lot of value from this, you feel like it might help somebody else out, please take a screenshot, put it on your IG story, tag me in it so I can send you a message thanking you for doing so. Or even if you don't want to do that, share it to... Send it to somebody through a message, email it to somebody, whatever it is. If there's somebody out there that you feel like can help with this information to be able to help them make the progress that they're looking to make to ultimately change their lives and get a better body composition, please share this with them. If it's giving you value, it's obviously going to help give them value as well so they can go out and make progress too. I actually had a, a girl reach out to me. It was actually this morning telling me that she's lost 50 pounds in the last year just following the content that I've put out. She hasn't even hired me for coaching or anything like that. She's just followed along to the content and implemented the things that I teach through the blogs and the podcast just all, and Instagram and everything. And she's been able to lose the weight that, that she's wanted to lose to feel better and be more confident in herself. So I think that that's awesome. If that's what this content can do for people, like that makes it worth it in itself to, to put the time and energy into it every day. So again, I really do appreciate you guys. Have an amazing day. And I'll talk with you soon.